Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. What do we do for non-believers? The gospel. We've been talking, we've talked about that many times. I might see a non-believer in a number of sins. Do I talk to them about their particular sins? They need the gospel, right? I'm not going up to the, the guy on drugs, the, the guy, the girl sexual sin saying, I'm, I'm not leading out with that. You know, they're, they're, that's just, a, that's just a, a symptom of the fact that they need the Lord. So I'm sharing the gospel with lost people. But when I'm dealing with Christians, right, I'm a Christian. I'm to be held accountable. I'm to be held to the word. The way we deal with fellow believers should be different than the way we deal with those who haven't yet accepted Christ. As Pastor Bill will remind us in today's message, those who haven't accepted Christ are held to a different standard than those who haven't. It's not that we should embrace immorality and sin in the lost. Being made aware of our sinfulness is a necessary step in coming to Christ, but the gospel of grace should be the focus when we interact with those people. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. The letter of 1 Corinthians has been uh, Paul writing to the Corinthian church. For you guys that were here, we did the introduction to the book. It's a, it's a, the issue with the Corinthian church is that they're a church, but they, they're carnal. And their reputation in the world is really bad. So in chapter 5, we get a glimpse at some of what was really wrong uh, with them. Uh, imagine a church that has a reputation of doing things that are worse than what's happening in the world. Um, what is because the, the, the church is supposed to reach the world, but when the world is looking at the church saying y'all worse than us, what does that do to our witness? It destroys it, it ruins it, and so that's what's happening a lot today. A lot of the times, uh, there'll be a TV show about church, some aspect of the church, the church about the show about the pastors or whatever. I believe those shows are intentionally picking the worst of the worst to show the world that needs the real church. Look at what they're all about. I knew they was all about money. Look at them driving this, that, and that. I believe that those things are intentional. I believe those shows and those people that have put those shows together, like, let me pick the worst of the worst. These guys want to be on TV really bad anyway. We're going to give it to them. And in doing so, we're going to make a fool of the whole thing. That's what happens. So we got to make sure that we're not helping them make a fool of what we are. Amen? Amen. So in the Corinthian church, we're going to see in this chapter, they had an instance of sexual sin it could happen in any church. Not, I mean, there, it's, I think it's a rare, I think in most churches today where people are gathered together in the congregation, there's some people in there dealing with sexual sin. Um, that's, that's, that's not the issue. The issue is how they were dealing with it, the attitude they had about it. So look at chapter five, verse one. It says, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you that is named, I'm sorry, that is not even named among the Gentiles. Uh, that a man has his father's wife. So Paul is saying, hey, you guys, you know, because remember last week he told him, you guys are all proud. Y'all acting like y'all reigning already. Y'all are already finished. And Paul said, I wish I could reign with y'all. He's a little sarcasm. Um, these guys are all proud. So Paul said, I, I want to bring you some of the issues. So he said, you know, it's actually reported. That means that it's widespread knowledge. This isn't like in the hub of the church, in the inner sanctum. I mean, the world at large, this is it's, it's openly reported that there is sexual sin among you guys. He said that's not even named among non-believers that a man has his father's wife. And so let me let me lay that out real quick. Uh, there's a man that's in the church that's supposedly he's, he's, he's named a Christian, but he's sleeping with his father's wife, which would 
most would believe it's his stepmother, not his actual mother. Though we believe that the stepmother is not a believer because in the correction, she's not named. She's not mentioned. There's no correction given to her. So you don't correct a non-believer, you correct a believer. What do we do for non-believers? The gospel. We've been talking, we've talked about that many times. I might see a non-believer in a number of sins. Do I talk to them about their particular sins? They need the gospel, right? I'm not going up to the, the guy on drugs, the, the guy, the girl in sexual sin saying, I'm, I'm not leading out with that. You know, they're, they're, that's just, a, that's just a, a symptom of the fact that they need the Lord. So I'm sharing the gospel with lost people. But when I'm dealing with Christians, right, I'm a Christian. I'm to be held accountable. I'm to be held to the word. If I get off in some area, somebody should come with a Bible and say, hey, Bill, but the word says this, bro. And you're doing that. What, what, what's up? That's what that's how we, that's what we're supposed to do for each other. People get all in their feelings about that. What do we say? What do people say when you confront them? Judging me. We're going to find out in this chapter. That's why I love the word of God. God's going to fix that for us. Right. He's judging me. Right. And we're going to see in this chapter, Paul says, look, I'm not even there. I'm, I'm, I just oh, I heard what's happening. I'm judging it from where I'm at. There is a place for judgment. Right. The Bible says judgment is going to begin where the house of God right here. Not them. They ain't saved. They ain't under our rules and laws. But God's judgment is going to begin here. So so let's let's look at this. So that's the sin that was going on. There was a man that was sleeping with his father's wife, his stepmother, um, openly known in the church. And when you look at the way the if you look at it in the Greek, the phrase that a man has his father's wife, this wasn't like a one time, you know, they fell into sin one time. It's not a one time. This is an ongoing. It's a it's active and this is ongoing sin between. That means that this guy is coming to church on a regular basis and going back home and sleeping with his stepmom on a right. This is and everybody knows it and nobody's saying nothing. Just it's open sin. So do we got that? This isn't a believer who fell in a really bad sin and is like, oh, I messed up really bad. And, and we're keep throwing it in his face. This is a guy that's going on an ongoing sin. Do we know the difference? Uh, everybody here, the Bible says we, we all fall short of the glory of God and we all mess up and need to repent and confess our sins. It's different. It's a it's a it's a vast difference from uh, failing in an area and, and saying, oh, I messed up, man. I, I got it. the righteous man falls seven times. But what? He gets back up. That's different than someone saying this. is What I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to continue. This, this how I, I know the Bible says that, but I'm going to do this. That's rebellion. That has to be dealt with. And it gets dealt with different. Um, in any church, we're like a spiritual hospital. There are going to be people here. There are people here that have blown in areas and it's not a public thing. They confess and we pray together and go through the word together and, and build them back up to they're strong and healthy and doing better. That's what we're supposed to do. This is different, though. This is someone that's saying, look, I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to be in the fellowship. I'm going to go home and do what I do. And that's what it's, it's all. I'm not changing nothing. I won't repent. I won't change. What are we supposed to do in that case? We'll see. It says, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. So Paul says, rather than y'all being grieved, mourning that somebody's living in this kind of sin, y'all are proud. Y'all are puffed up. Now, this is this is exactly what is happening in some segments of the church today. People are proud about their tolerance. We just accept you got just come as you are. You just come on. You'll change. You don't have to change anything. And you know what sinners love? A sinner would love. That's a perfect church for somebody that's a sinner. If I'm not saved, when I wasn't saved, my sin was women. I was, I was out there with women. I lived with women that wasn't my wife, blah, blah, blah. That was my. If I weren't saved and I was with some girl, which happened, and I went to a church and they said, that's okay. We just come on as you are. 
I don't got to change nothing. I just keep, keep on. Yeah. But I love this church. I mean, I go to church now, you know, shoot. But then when I die, where I'm going? Because no fornicator can inherit the kingdom. That church ain't do me no favor. They, they misled me in the earth. And now I'm not ready to meet God. That's a messed up church. That's, that's like a doctor seeing you have cancer saying, but you'll feel better leaving if I tell you you're okay. And so you're good. Everything came out fine. And then you get sick and die a year later because they didn't tell you the truth. That's a, that's a church that won't tell you that's wrong. That's a messed up church, a misleading church, a church that's not going by the word. So we don't want to be that. And even if you're here today and you're in sin, you don't want that either, right? God wants you to change. He wants to, he wants to renew you in your mind and your behavior and everything else. So moving on, he says, you guys are proud of it. You're proud that you're tolerating it. And so, again, many churches today are doing that very thing, tolerating, you know, blatant sin, sexual sin, um, not saying anything. And, you know, it, it, what ends up happening is people get very comfortable with that. And then a church that will speak up looks like a judgmental church. Y'all so legalistic to tell me how to live my life, you know, and that's what ends up happening. In, in contrast to a church that says, you just keep on, that's fine. God still loves you anyway. It's all right. Well, a church that comes and says, but the Bible says, don't do that. Y'all judging. Y'all so legalistic. And that's, that's what ends up happening where the true church starts looking like um, some kind of a, 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 a mean house. You know, we just mean to folks. Um, and that's, that's not the case, right? So I, I need to learn to appreciate those that will speak the truth to me especially when I can go see it in the Bible. Someone telling me that that's okay, where's that in the Bible? Where's a verse that says I can go on and live in that sin and, and not go to hell? Can you show me that? I'd love to see it. If, if it was there, y'all, I would preach it. If it was there, if the Bible said y'all can keep doing stuff and nothing with it, I would tell y'all, y'all go on and do that. God, God said it's okay. He didn't say that, so I'm not going to tell y'all that. So verse three, he says, for indeed, uh, for I indeed as absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has who him who has so done this deed. Paul said, look, I'm not present with you guys. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere else hearing about what's happening. I'm not even present, but I've already judged that this guy is wrong. This is wrong. What's happening now? Paul's making a judgment. Uh, and I want to explain judgment because we got that so wrong in the church. This is the kind of judgment that we're not. We're going to see in the chapter. Right. We're not to judge. I can't condemn you to hell. I can't send you to hell. You do something bad to my family. I can't say you're going to hell. You know, I don't I don't own that authority. Right. I'm not I'm not the one that's going to be able to say that. Now, I can tell somebody, according to scripture, if you continue like you're going and you don't repent, if you die like that, then you would go to hell. Not happy to say so, but it's the truth. I'm not sending you. I'm not declaring that you are going There's You're breathing and living. I'm talking to you. There's a chance you could repent and be saved. But that's not judging. That's just letting people know this is if you if you continue in that lifestyle and die in sin. Look, I can show you the verses that say you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. Right. And, and I want you to inherit the kingdom of heaven. So I'm telling you up front because right now you could change. Right. That's not judging. That's sharing the gospel. That's that's ministering the truth to someone. Judging is condemning someone to hell. And. Right here, Paul's not doing that. Paul's making a judgment. He's saying, look, you guys, if the word says this and you're doing that, I'm able to make a judgment that says what you're doing is wrong. Is that is that fair, you guys? That's the kind of judgment we're supposed to do. If the Bible says you can't have sex till you get married and you're having sex and you're not married. And I tell you that, do you know having sex when you're not married is wrong if you're a Christian? Am I judging you? 
I'm, but I'm making a biblical judgment. I'm saying, hey, what you're doing is wrong, according to the Bible. That's a fair judgment. You, you, that's a good thing. We should do that for one another. So we have to be careful about being all touchy-feely in our emotions and somebody saying something to me, you judge me. We got to be better than that. Because what if it's true? What if, they, what if they saying something to you that is intended to draw you closer to God, to reveal an area that's not right with God so you can make an adjustment and be right with God? That's a good thing. Um, and so we want to be open to that for one. And we want to be open to do that because within a body like this, we're supposed to do that for one another. Right. We're, the, we're, the, we're supposed to not not in a, in a negative legalistic way, judge one. another. We're, we're supposed to help each other out like that as brothers and sisters. I got brothers here that we speak on the phone and we get together off of here or whatever. And guys will be sharing what's going on or whatever. And I, I talk openly with guys. I talk to guys about their marriages. I talk to men about their role at home. But, you know, we, we talk about these things and we go to the word. I'm not judging. I love my brothers. But I'm speaking truth to them because this is going to make us better. I got men in my life that I, I go ahead and lay it all out there and they speak truth to me. And I done been bumped upside my head in love by, by brothers that mean me well. And I need guys like that. I, I need people to just tell me this is what it is. Bam, 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 bam. And I already know they love me, so they ain't got to be cautious with my feelings. I need those guys in my life. And God has given me men like that, that they'll just give it to me. Wow, take that. You know, uh, Pastor Tony, his 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 opening statement whenever I talk to him is now put on your big boy pants. And that, that means I'm about to just give it to you real quick. I ain't got that much time. And then he go ahead and go. Womp, 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 womp. And all right. Now, when you do it, call me back. And that's it. And I, I thank God for that guy. I don't get out the phone and be like, he's so mean. He's so harsh. It's the military. It's that's that, that's 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 good. That's good. That's a good brother, you know. So we got to receive that, but also be available to love each other like that. You know what we do instead? We'll see something someone else is doing and be like, tell three other people first. Did you know? That's not right, huh? Don't the Bible say you're not supposed to go to anybody else? Right? You see me doing something wrong? You can't talk to three people and then and then y'all all. I talk to three other people. They all feel the same way. That's not, a, that's not what we're supposed to do. It's a, it's a one-on-one thing, right? I, I, I want you to know I loved you enough to come, to come at you, to come talk to you. I'm not, I wouldn't talk about you behind your back, but I would talk about you to your face. That's what friends do. Amen. And so, anyway, we want to be better at that as, as believers, as a church. And so, I want to note a phrase. I didn't, I didn't mention it, but at the end of chapter, uh, verse 2, he said that rather than mourn that, you know, about what this guy is doing, that he who has done this deed might be taken away from you. Uh, we're going to talk more about that, but Paul said this person needs to be taken away, uh, moved outside of the body. And we're going to talk about for what cause we would tell someone, maybe you, you, you shouldn't come back until you repent. Because there's a point at which, you know, we, we want to be a spiritual hospital and people come in here sick, bleeding, hurting. We're going to minister to you and patch you and bandage you and build you up. But there's a point at which someone says, I ain't doing it. That you, well, then why are you here? What you here for? If, why are you at Bible study and you're not going to do what God say do? What are you doing? What are you here for? You, you might be shopping here. So we're going to kick you out, you know. <laughs> I had this happen when I was doing high school ministry. There was a young man that was part of the young adult ministry at our church. And... Young adults, you know, those are single young adults. So a lot of people are finding a spouse and getting ready, you know, trying to see who they can get married to. And he was he was out there. He was hitting it hard. You know, he was going after this one. And then all right, now I'm going after that one. And so we brought him in lovingly. Say, hey, bro, you need to you need to just come sit for a minute, man. You, every other month, this is somebody else. And then there'd be some girl crying. And, you know, I don't know what you done did to her. But, you know, I'm, I'm, my eyes is open. I'm a daddy. I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd. And I don't like it. So I'm like, I don't want to see nobody else. And you need to just you need to come to church, sit down, worship and, and get the word. The next week, I get a call from a girl that was my high schooler that's an adult now. And 
you know, he had talked her into going somewhere and then he was being aggressive, physically aggressive and to where she had to struggle and get away. And, and so I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. So I beat him up at church. I didn't. <laughs> I, didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. That's what I was going to do. But the Lord said, don't do it. So but we called him in. And just shy of beating them up, right? I said, I said man, you, you, you gone. You gone. You cannot come back on the premises. Uh, he was enrolled in a Bible college class. We unenrolled him. You are, you are off. <laughs> Goodbye. You know, we love you. And this is the thing. Whenever you excommunicate somebody, there's always with the heart of restoration. Bro, you can't come back to any services where people are here. We're, we're, we're going to protect the body. You're, you're, a, you're a threat to the body at this point. So we're going to protect them. But if you want to get right, I'll meet with you one-on-one and at whatever point a pastor says, we welcome you back, you're welcome back. So if you're open to a, a process of counseling and restoration, we make that available to you. But you may not come to any of our any services at any time here on the campus. We'll arrest you and beat you. You know, so don't come back. So we find out two weeks later. Now, this this young man was very gifted. He could teach. Uh, he could play worship, had lots of gifts and, and talents and abilities. His heart just wasn't right. So he went to a church right down the street. And I found out two weeks later, they had him teaching the youth and doing worship. So I do what you're supposed to do. I called the pastor and said, hey, bro, um, I'm sure you didn't know. So I'm going to give you a do you. I'm going to let you know why we kicked him out. He's been excommunicated from here for these reasons right here. So, yeah, you want to you know, reevaluate what you're doing with him over there. And the pastor, hey, thank you very much. And didn't didn't take heed. So within a couple of weeks, this guy. Had, had he had done the same thing there, so he ended up in a relationship with someone over there that was sexual. Then he got into some other altercation in the street, and the police chased him. They chased him. He he, he actually drove his car. He ran from the police, ran to the church, had keys to the church, went into the church. The police came into the church after him, and he got shot by the police in the church. That was all over the news, and. I wanted to call that pastor back and say, I told you so. <laughs> I told you. But he didn't listen, you know. But I, I was looking at that thing. That could have been our church, you know. I mean, he was a danger in more ways than we even knew. And, um, and so when we, when we look at this sort of thing here, it's not my church. Whose church is this? He purchased with his blood. So God puts shepherds and, and elders and pastors to oversee it and look after it. And that's what we're supposed to do. And so the men that are here, myself and Clint and Gabe, that are their elders, we're, we're looking out for the benefit of everybody here. And if we see something that's not right, um, you know, in love, but, but whatever it takes, it's going to be dealt with. You know, so there is a time when it's, it would be correct to say you can't come back. It, you know, just it's not safe. For the body of believers here for you to be here. Verse four. Now, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, he said, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Notice this, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, there's a certain covering um, just in, in being a part of a local assembly of believers. Um, Paul says there's a point at which someone will not repent, won't change, won't heed counsel. In particular, here, this young man that's sleeping is an ongoing uh, sexual relationship with his stepmother, unwilling to repent. And we're going to turn you over. Right? We're going to put you out out of the covering of the church. Deliver such a one to Satan. We're going to turn you over and the enemy is going to have his way with you. And the goal of the, the goal of even putting them out is that after 
Satan have wamped them up since that's what they want, that their soul would be saved, that they would be, that they would, they would, they would finally get it together. Sometimes letting people linger in the fellowship does this to people. It makes people that are living in sin feel like I'm okay because they accept me and I, I go there and I'm part of this and I do that. And so I must be okay, but they're not okay. And it's an amazing thing when you remove somebody. So I can't come because of that. And I was a part of this once um, as, a, as a young adult ministry. There was a young man there. I went and taught. I wasn't the pastor of the young adults, but I went and taught. And there was a man there. Super, super, super effeminate. It was undeniable that he was gay. Every it wasn't even that was not a judgment. It couldn't have been false. I mean, everything he did said I'm gay and I want people to kind of catch up on it. And so I'm not making fun. That's just what it was. So I hung out with them afterwards and I was like just observing like, okay, you know, I understand if someone's not saved, someone not saved walking here, just so y'all know. Somebody walk into these doors in whatever spiritual condition. They could be gay. They could be sleeping with their girlfriend and boyfriend. They could be, they could just finish smoking a, a sack before they walked in. Someone walk in here, not say, please let them be. Let them be. We want to, we want to reach them with the gospel. That's that's different. Uh, I don't care what condition. God takes us, you come to God and whatever, you bring all your junk with you. He, 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 do, he do the cleanup work afterwards, after you come to him. This is different when someone says, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I, I, Jesus is Lord of Jesus Lord of your life. <laughs> he's the Lord. I mean, you, you do what he says do um, because I'm looking at you do some things that he say don't do, you know. So so with this individual, I was like, OK, is he saved? So I talked to him. I said, hey, bro, how long you been here? Uh, he had been there, you know, several months. OK, I said, when, when did you give your life to the Lord, man? Um, so he gave his life to the Lord at, you know, some earlier time in his life. And that he had recently recommitted his life maybe six months. Ago. OK, so you walk with the Lord for six months or whatever. OK, I said, got a girlfriend. See with all the girls, you got a girlfriend, you know, and it was because I he hung out with all the, the sisters, you know, um, which which is typical sometimes, you know, it's like um, and no, there wasn't a girlfriend. So I just asked him, I said, bro, I said, don't 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 be offended. You know, I hope I don't offend you. I said, but just checking out your mannerisms and all these things. I, are you gay? Are you, is that a struggle or is that a something you're giving over to? I'm, I'm curious. And he like paused and he was like, well, you know. Um, I have been in the past, you know, in relationships right now. I'm not in a current relationship. So he's not in a committed gay relationship, but he's not he's not saying he's not gay. So I'm like, so is that are you looking for somebody here? Are you hanging out until you find somebody? I mean, is, is that is that the lifestyle you continue to practice? You, you plan to continue to go that way? Comes out that there was someone there that he had his eye on. That was in our that was in the worship team that that he he had. a He thought the guy was. You know, and that, that guy was not even, you know, didn't even get down like that. So, I, you know, but he was hanging out and just like he was really liking worship and really sitting up close. And and that was what it came down to. So I remember talking to him and I had to talk to the leaders and say, you know, because you guys, he goes out with you guys afterwards. And y'all know he's living. This is his lifestyle. And we're going to see in this chapter, Paul says, hey, someone named a brother living like this. that You, you want to separate for not not to put them, not to hurt them. That, that he wouldn't be falsely under the impression that he's in fellowship with God, right? You guys are giving him a false sense of security that's not legitimate. He's not right with God. He's not okay. Um, he has not repented. Um, he's still in this mode. And as hard as it might be and as unloving as it might feel, it's Bible. It's what God says do. They broke fellowship with him, told him he couldn't come to the fellowships, couldn't hang out. He went, and it was, it was so cool. He went from bitter, then it was like, the fact that he couldn't come disturbed him so much 
that he sought counsel. He went to meet with the pastor and he went through, he mean, counseled. He, 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 he explained kind of his background, all that happened. And he wanted to repent. Like God began to do a work in the separation. Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. This letter was written by Paul to the Corinthians sometime after he lived in Corinth. He had an intimate knowledge of the church there, and so he felt compelled to write a direct letter to address the things that were happening among the believers there. The things he wrote about showed that there were problems in the church then, just like there are issues in churches today. Even among believers, there are real sin issues that can derail an entire church if those areas aren't dealt with. Are there areas in your life today that you know need to be addressed? If you need someone to talk to or to pray with, we're here and are ready to answer your call or text. Our number is 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We're so glad you tuned in to A Transforming Word. We'd love to meet you. If you're in the Inglewood area, come join us this weekend for church. We meet at Calvary Inglewood every Sunday. And you can get more information on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. There, you'll also be able to learn more about this ministry and listen to additional teachings from Pastor Bill. Again, that website is calvaryinglewood.org. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Bill continues to teach through 1 Corinthians. We look forward to another edition of A Transforming Word. Transforming Word.